So um, if you want to take your Bible out, I would love for you to take your Bible to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And uh, we're, this is Palm Sunday. Happy Passover for those who celebrate Passover. Palm Sunday is about Passover. If you look in the New Testament, Jesus was coming into Jerusalem to celebrate. It seemed, it seemed often that he would um, celebrate Passover. He'd come into Jerusalem. They would have sacrifices. The Passover, if you remember, that when the children of Israel were in bondage to Egypt for over 400 years, uh, God sent them out and he said, of course, he would send. He had to judge and wake up uh, at that time cruel Egypt of that time. The Pharaoh would not let them go. And so he would uh, send the death angel. And so what they did was they sacrificed a spotless lamb, a, a, a perfect lamb, whatever that would be in that time. And they would put the blood of the lamb across the door. So again, it's kind of in the sign of a cross. And when the angel would go over, he would see the lamb's blood over the household. So he would pass over, thus the word Passover. And so what happened was over years and years and years and centuries, Passover went from a thanking God for his salvation and thanking God for his deliverance uh, to more of just a, a ceremony. It, it was uh, it became a big deal. And, and of course, you know, there was feasting and celebration. If you've ever done a Seder, gone to Seder, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, and so what's happening now, uh, it, it become a just kind of a ceremony. It became a, a holiday now, a national holiday. And instead of it being a time of remembrance. And so Matthew chapter 21, if you're there, Matthew chapter 21, I know I have one through 22. I'll read parts of this and we'll go on. But let me pray. Father, thank you for today. Today, I humble myself in your sight. I want to be your vessel. Let me speak your word with your power, with your spirit. Touch everyone that's in this room. Touch those that are joining us online. Maybe those that will be watching us later. I pray that, Lord, we are reminded that we need the Passover. We need Palm Sunday. We need this Hosanna. We need this Jesus. We need this King of Kings to save us. And so we love you. We bless you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Psalm. I'm sorry. Matthew 21, Matthew 21, 1 through 22. As they approached Jerusalem and they came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, sent two disciples saying, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there and with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. They took this took place. To fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, say to the daughter of Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, a foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them uh, and those... That followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So I'll stop there just for a moment. So what's happening was, so this was Passover. Jesus is now being, he's fulfilling a prophecy that the king would come on a a donkey, not on a a white stallion, which Jesus will come later. And so as he's coming, the people were, were waiting for what many would call the procession of the lambs. The high priests would go out, they would go to Bethlehem, uh, they would get these spotless lambs, and there would be a procession of these lambs, and they would bring them through the streets of Jerusalem into 
the temple. So they were waiting for this procession of the lambs. And so Jesus, being the, the lamb slain from the beginning of the world, the lamb of God, would come at the right time, at the right moment. He would kind of, he would mix things up. He would set things in order because this had become just a religious activity. And so he's coming in. They take these palm branches. They take their, their cloaks, their jackets, and they, they put them before Jesus. And they throw them on the ground and they just say, Hosanna, Hosanna is really how it's supposed to be pronounced. Hosanna. And really the root word means to save, save us, liberate us, set us free. And, and if you, you see what's happening is they were living under an oppressive Roman Empire. The religious people were oppressive and repressive as well with all the rules and regulations and all the stuff that had to go with that. And so they're crying out. They weren't just excited. Sure, some of them got excited about who is this? What's going on? And they were saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is our king. Hosanna, Hosanna. This is Jesus. This is our king of kings. The Lord of Lords is coming. And so they were excited. And then now, if you see this, because I know some of you love this. Some people get more excited about this than, than the uh, triumphal entry. Let's go down to verse 12. Matthew 21, verse 12. So now he's shouted in. They're celebrating Jesus. Hosanna, Hosanna. And then Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer. And in the Old Testament, it says a house of prayer for the nations. We'll go back to that in a minute. But you are making it a den of robbers. The blind, check this out, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, doing the same thing, Hosanna, Hosanna or Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never heard from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? And he left and went out to the city to Bethany where he spent the night. And so Jesus is coming and he's kind of shaking things up. I'll read the next in a few moments here. So Palm Sunday is a great celebration uh, of Jesus the King. Would you say yes? Yes, yes. Say yes online. Type it in the chat. That's fine. So it reminds us that that Jesus is coming in. He's he's shaking up the old order of things, just like our world's been shaken up by this coronavirus with with all this junk going on in our world. The, the continued violence, the uh, crazy elections in this nation, other stuff happening. Uh, Jesus came to upset the order of what was happening. It just the worship of God had just become a rote, dead religion. And so Jesus came as the king and he, he set himself up during this procession of the lambs to be, I am the lamb of God. And so they're excited. He comes and he sees the temple is becoming a place, a marketplace. It's becoming just a business. And so he goes and cleans out the temple. This is the second time he does that. He cleans out the temple and he says, my house would be called a house of prayer for the nations is in the Old Testament. And so then, then as soon as he does that, some blind and lame people are healed because then this is what Jesus came to do to set the captive free, to open the eyes of the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And so this is what it's all about. So today, in 2020, our world has been rocked. I, this morning I was reading that in uh, Myanmar, Myanmar, 100 people were killed by the, the army of, of, of that nation. Uh, today in, in Indonesia, of course, they're hours ahead of us, uh, a suicide bomber blew himself up and hurt 10 people going to a uh, Palm Sunday worship. The, the last few weeks we've seen create yesterday violence in Virginia Beach, a shooting, uh, shooting in Boulder, Colorado, shooting in Atlanta. 
continued racism, crazy elections, crazy people just being divided about elections. And so what they were saying in, in this aspect, they were saying, Hosanna, save us, save us. And the people of the world were still saying the same thing. Save us, save us from this virus, save us from bad governments, save us from violence, save us from hate, hate. save us from division. This Palm Sunday message should really wake us up today saying we need Jesus. Come on, amen? We need to be saved. Again, it was the original language means save us, deliver us. You see, Jesus would come into Jerusalem as I keep talking about to shake things up. The Passover lamb would be sacrificed. He would be a sin offering. You see, typically the lamb would be sacrificed in the temple. But if you look in the Old Testament, the sin offering would be would be sacrificed in front of the tent and then the remains of the ashes we brought outside the city. So Jesus would come into the city, present himself as, as the Lamb of God. And then if you look, as we'll look at next week, he was sacrificed, he was crucified outside of the city on Golgotha. At that time, Golgotha was outside of the city of Jerusalem. Now it's part of inside of Jerusalem. So Jesus didn't come to keep the situation. He didn't come to laud the government. He came to shake things up. He came to be Jesus. He came to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I hope that today on Palm Sunday, you're going to see some of this, that you're ready. Are you ready? Are you ready online? Just say, type in, I'm ready. And put in there, Hosanna, if you want to, or something. Say it in here. It's okay. So as believers, listen to this. I want to just, I'm going to get this back to you. So some of us were so excited about when Jesus came and he cleared the temple and he, he drove out the, the merchants and all that. And my house will be called the house of prayer. And we're like, yes, Jesus, come into our building. You come into the building. We want you here. This is a house of prayer. And he said, it's a, in the Old Testament, it's in a house of prayer for the nation. So Jesus didn't want us just to come in here. He wants us to go out to the nations. You, you'll see that in a moment. And so this is why, again, Palm Sunday, Passover, this last Passover Jesus celebrated was to shake things up, to set into order, not the old religion, but a new faith of relationship with Jesus, that the Jesus is not just for the church. We keep trying to put Jesus in the church. We we come and have our worship celebration. And I love it. But we're all saying, Jesus, come here, come here. And he's like, I'm here, but now go out to the nations. You'll see that in a moment. Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, not the building, right? We are the temple. So here it is. So here's the cry of the people. The first thing I'm just bringing this up. Number one, save us from poor leadership. The people were looking for leadership. Letter A, people need good leadership. Just say we need good leadership. Okay, say it. Type it in line. Okay. So it, it is a desire for all of us to follow godly leadership. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. In each of us is the desire to be part of something bigger than ourselves, not just a government, not a political party, not a sports team, not a movie, not a song, not something on social media, but we want to be on we want to be involved in something so big that everyone is effective in a positive way. Come on, amen. And so our spirit has a desire to follow the movement of God. We want to follow where God is going. And what happens is, and in modern day Christianity, we keep building buildings. We say, Jesus, come here. And he's like, I'm not just in the building. I'm out doing something outside the church. And we keep looking to the government. We keep looking for movie stars and actors and athletes to guide us. And their lives are just as messed up as ours. Come on, right? And Jesus is guiding us. And so here it is. People were looking for leadership. Let her be the current leadership that they were living in was not helping. It was hurting them. You see, the leadership they received was bad. The Roman government wanted to control. They were colonializing. They were conquering people all over their world. 
And then the religious leaders, they wanted to control the faith. They wanted them to follow hundreds of rules that they themselves did not follow. So they kept trying to control the people. Even in this time of the Passover, it became became a controlling aspect of the people. So the people were in chains. The promises of freedom only brought more oppression. Empty promises by the religious people just, just to keep themselves in power. And so I see something very similar to us in this nation today. I see a parallel with our government in, in this nation and other nations in our society. Governments become more oppressive. Once you give a government control, it's hard for them to let go. Uh, they may start out with good intentions. I'm going to rock some of your world. I'm going to upset you. Um, but over time, the whole existence of a government just becomes to keep the government alive, to keep the government going, keeping our buddies and, and keeping them having jobs. Um, and we as a country, we're facing, I'm just going to say it, are you going to get mad? We are facing a lack of real leadership from our politicians. Sorry, that's just the way I see it, okay? And so this whole goal of political parties, well, I'm a, I don't care what political party you are, but the whole goal is to get themselves in office and undo what the last political party did. How's that working for us? It's not. You might go four years, oh, the economy's better, but, you know, it's all, I'm tired of hearing the excuse that all they do is blame each other, they get it back in office, and so we're living in very similar times. Palm Sunday message, they know, you're like, what? I know, okay. Letter C, so Jesus was not just a leader, he was the king. Say, Jesus is the king. You see, some were hoping that Jesus would overthrow the Roman government and that he would defrock the religious leaders and that Israel would be prominent again, that they would be a strong, they would have a strong nation, a strong army again. They were expecting Jesus to raise up an army and to destroy the wicked Roman Empire and then to make worship uh, and exciting things. They wanted, they wanted this, but when Jesus came on a donkey, they were expecting their king to come on a white stallion. And you see, we keep putting our minds on the next political move, the next this or that. That's going to save us. Only Jesus can save us. Hosanna. Save us, Lord Jesus. Instead of exposing and defrocking the religious leaders, he set a better way. Just say a better way. Type it in the chat. A better way. You see, there were, he didn't send no angry tweets out. He didn't put posts. He didn't, he didn't have a political rally. He came and offered himself. So that all mankind could be free. He came riding on a donkey as the prince of peace, not on a stallion as a warrior king. Number two, are you still good? Save us from wrong worship. The people were looking to worship. Letter A, it's just another religious holiday. Passover, like I said, already became a religious holiday. They were there at the temple as the sacrifice was required. They had forgotten why they were there. It just became a party season. Uh, it's interesting, again, because Jesus is the lamb slain from the beginning, the foundation of the world. And so it, is, it was natural for them to join in. So who is this? Some were looking for him to be the Messiah. Some were just caught up in it. They didn't know what was going on. Others were upset. Sometimes we come to church on Easter, Palm Sunday and Christmas just because it's the thing to do. We've forgotten why we come. Because of the power of Jesus Christ. You see, life-giving worship should be exciting. Come on, it should be, right? Reading the Bible, worshiping Jesus, singing songs to Him, listening to life-giving messages should bring life to us. But sometimes it just becomes religious role. We just do it because our mom and dad went to church. I just go to church and I've forgotten why. And so Jesus is coming. He's saying, I'm your king. I'm the reason why. The second thing is this is we were made to worship. We were made to worship. We have an innate desire to worship things. We, we're either, we, we like worshiping things, people, or beings. 
Some people worship church and church services. That's not always healthy. Some people worship possessions or money or titles. Some people worship high profile people. But we were made really to worship Almighty God. It was natural when Jesus came in on the donkey that they would begin to say, Hosanna, Hosanna, because they they sensed that there was something there. The Spirit of God was in this. And sometimes as humans, we misdirect our worship. We we put it towards people or things or, or whatever. Prove it, Pastor. Prove it. Prove it online. Well, I'm going to say it again. I've said this many times. Why do we follow athletes, musicians, politicians, and actors? We're more concerned about their lifestyle than we are living for Jesus Christ. Why do we want to read about them? Why do, why do we know all the stats about a soccer player? Why do we know all the, the words to every song of a, a musician? Why do, we, why do we know everything about a politician and what they believe? Why do we sing their songs? Why do we buy their products? Why do we pay lots of money to attend their games, go to their movies, go to their concerts? Why do we try to be like them? I'm telling you, we're worshiping them. It's okay to be excited. I love sports. I love movies. I love music. I love that. But I don't worship those who do it. I just see them as vessels. And even sometimes we worship preachers and teachers and apostles and evangelists. We worship them. We're like, wow, man, only that person can speak the word of God. No, all of God's people can speak the word of God. All of God's missionaries, pastors, evangelists, teachers can speak the word of God. And what happens is then we celebrate them, we put them up on a high, and, and we, we make them have a big ego. Prove it, Pastor. Well, we bow down to their YouTube services. We bow down to their services. Some people give money to them instead of their local church. And they know more about that preacher than their home pastor. Number three, guys, I've got to move on. I'm shaking you up. Jesus came and he shook up Jerusalem. In fact, in fact let me go back to this. Let's go back to this. Matthew 21. Now, after he clears out the temple, it says, let me, let me go back. Let's go back to, um, well, let me just pick this up. So he goes to, to Jerusalem. He shakes things up. Things are shaken up. But let me just go back to this. I'll come back to this in a minute. I'm looking for the, the specific part where the people were stirred. All right, I can't find it. We'll come back to that. So number three, all right? Number three, save us from from religion. Okay, religion was trying to keep the people from truly worshiping God. You doing good? Letter A, faith and worship requires sacrifice and brings blessings. Faith and worship requires sacrifice and brings blessings. You can, I'm not going to read this, but look at Deuteronomy 12 later. Find that out. Basically, what he was saying is when you worship, don't worship like the world. Don't worship like the other religions. He says, go to the place that God has set up. Come together. Bring your offerings. Bring your tithes. Come and worship me, and then I will bless you. I will help you. And so Jesus, of course, tells us in the, in the New Testament, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so, yes, you can be out in the mountains. You can hear from Jesus. You can be in your car. You can be in your garden. You can be uh, in the metro praying. You can hear Jesus. But God wants us to come together and worship together as family, as believers. He, he doesn't want us to divide. I know COVID's really messed things up. I know politics has messed things up where people now say, I can't believe they voted for so-and-so. I can't fellowship with them anymore. And I'm going to tell you, that's just very immature for us as believers to say that. We should really say, you know what? Listen to last week's message, love one another. You see, God wants us to worship Him with people of like-minded faith. There are many benefits. Say, there's many benefits. Type it. There's many benefits and blessings from worshiping together with other believers, whether it's in a home church or in a building here uh, and online. I know it's just the way it has to be right now. But here's a couple of things. 
The reason we come together is not to hear Pastor Stan, not to hear our awesome worship team, which did awesome, which always does awesome, but it's so that we can honor God, that we can hear corporately together. Sometimes God has a message and he waits for everyone to come together so we can speak that one message once to everybody. He does speak to us individually. But here's some things that happens. When we worship together, when we worship him corporately, God can move in the spirit and do great things. When we come together, we can have corporate instruction from the Lord. When we come together, we can keep each other accountable. We can encourage one another. It's hard to encourage yourself, isn't it? Especially during this COVID season, it has been hard to be encouraged. But when, it's exciting when a brother or a sister or someone, a believer comes to you and says, Hey man, I see you're going through a hard time. How can I pray? How can I help? Let's go have lunch or let me just pray. Let's do something. So this is why we come together. Sometimes we, we come together to do God's work in the church and outside the church. We, we share together in, in times of trial, and times of need. If you look at Acts chapter 4, it says they came together. They, they, they were in common. They, they had it. This is, this is true community. This is true social care. It's not communism. It's not socialism. Anytime you put an ism at something, it's man-made and it's not good. So they, were, they were had true care for one another, true community. And you see, communism and socialism are controlled by people to control people. This was to set the people free. Much different. Amen? Amen up there, okay? So we must not lose sight of why we worship together. So the Palm Sunday would say, you guys have forgotten why you're worshiping. It's about Jesus. And Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So we must continue. I know it's COVID. I know some of you are concerned. And please be healthy. Let's be strong. Let's, let's be safe. But eventually we're going to get back. I know some will remain online, and, and that's okay. We've gained people online, but more people will be coming when we get over this time. Let it be. God requires us to worship Him according to His ways, not man-made ways. That's just, you got to read the Bible. When Jesus came into the temple, it was filled with worshipers and merchants. The priest had set up a system where before the, the Lord would tell them to bring your offerings, bring your animal to the temple. And what was happening was the priests were now saying, your animal is not good enough, so you can't sacrifice that. You need to buy one of ours. And so they were marketing this. And whenever someone online or a church tells you, if you really want to move God, you've got to buy my book, you've got to buy my this or that, you need to run away from that. And so whenever we merchandise a move of God, it's not a move of God. Really quiet in the room. Maybe quite online. And so whenever you have to buy the blessings from God, that's not a blessing from God. Amen. And so what was happening was in order for them to worship, they had to go through the hoops of, of the religious leaders. And so they were now making them instead of bringing their own offering, they had to buy something from these merchants and everyone was getting rich except for the people that came to worship. Letter C is this religious activity took the place of true worship. Religious activity took the place of true worship. These priests had authorized a market to be set up. Now, this is important. You've got to catch this for a few moments. In the court of the Gentiles. So what, Pastor Sam? Big deal. Who cares? What, what does that have to do about me today? Paying my bills, COVID, my relationships. It has a lot to do. You'll see. You see, the Gentile court was the only place that converted Gentiles could worship the Lord in the temple. Because they were not pure Jews, they could not go any further than the Gentile court. The religious activity and the selling of wares had filled the Gentile court so that the Gentiles, the people from other nations, remember prayer, the prayer for all nations, could now not come into the presence of God. So they had all this religious activity and the selling of stuff. Now the Gentiles could not come into the temple to get near to God. 
So my question on letter D is, does religious activity keep you and others from worshiping God? You see, Jesus, when he came in on this day, he came to shake up the dead religion. He came to shake up the rules. He came to shake up the traditions of mankind. And my question for me and for you in the room and online is, is, do our traditions keep us from really worshiping God? Do our traditions really keep us from allowing other people from all over the world or a different faith or different backgrounds to come in because we have a set guideline. If they come into my church, they must have this haircut. They must vote this way. They must read this Bible. They must read this, listen to these songs. That's not what Jesus said. He said, come unto me. Not a political system, not a church system, but he said, come to me. And I think the church in America, I'm sorry, we set up all this activity and we forget about the people outside. And we worship the activity instead of saying, I worship the God who we're supposed to worship and I want other people to know Jesus. You see, sometimes we impose our beliefs on them because maybe 30 years ago, 50 years ago, it worked for you, but it's not working for them. So here's the response of Jesus. So they're crying out, save us, Jesus, save us. And here's the response of Jesus. He comes in. As I said, you doing good? You doing good? He clears the temple. Number four, Jesus clears the way. Letter A, the procession into Jerusalem was a crowning moment. Jesus came to set up a, a kingdom, not a religion. He came to restore relationship. He came to restore true worship, not religious activity. Jesus was fulfilling the, the prophecy in Zechariah. You can read it, Zechariah 9, 9. The notes are there. You see, Jesus is not or was not just a good teacher or a prophet. They say, oh, he's a prophet. He was not a prophet. He was the Messiah. Jesus was and is not just another spiritual being. He is God. Jesus was and is not a, a magic name or a formula just for your well-being. Jesus was and is not a curse word. <laughs> Jesus is the King of Kings. You should be shouting right now. You should be saying, Hosanna. Okay, Pastor. Online, at least shout in your house because it's kind of quiet in here, okay? His kingdom is over all kingdoms of this world. Say, Jesus' kingdom is over all the kingdoms of humanity. He's over all of it. He's not trying to come up from it. He's over it all. And so when he came into Jerusalem that day, he didn't come as a Democrat or Republican or, or, a, or a socialist or communist or a capitalist or whatever it is you want to say. He came as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He came to establish the kingdom of God to put it in the hearts and minds of each person. That you should be shouting about. Amen. Colossians 1, 15 through 20. I've got to read this to you. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, listen to this, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things. In him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the, the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood set on the cross. You see, Jesus fulfilled prophecy. He rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, not in a tank, not in a, a, a a, a limousine, not on a horse, not in a chariot. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is worthy of praise. Come on, amen? You see, the Jews expected Jesus to overthrow the Roman Empire. He came not as man wanted, but as man needed. 
He came to clean our temple out. He came to shake up the religious world. So let her be as this. Jesus then cleared the temple out. And some of you love it. Yeah, Pastor Stan, you need to be cleaned out. Oh, I pray that every day God clean me out. I don't want the world. I don't want myself. I want the Holy Spirit to come into me. And we get so obsessed with everything in the building, you know, and I love our building and we got to take care of it. But yes, we got to be more concerned about bringing people in from every nation. Come on, amen. We need to obey the go out as well. And so we're so consumed about keeping the building nice and keeping our church nice and, and keeping only certain people in the church because we got to do this and that that way. It's got to be Jesus's way, not our way. You see, Jesus hated religion because religion ultimately separates people from God. It, it ultimately kills. Look at Colossians 2, 13 through 15. I don't have time to read it. But Jesus was making a way to set the people free from religion and even the work of the devil. The triumphal entry was the clearing of the temple. It was to say that Jesus is the Lord over everything. He would be the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus full, knew full well that when he went into the city, it was a hostile city. The religious people hated him. The Romans hated him. King Herod, the puppet king, hated Jesus Christ. Jesus entered Jerusalem in a way that was deliberately set up to say, here is the king of kings, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He was setting himself up and he didn't stay the night. He came in, he shook things up and then he left. And then he would come back into Jerusalem through the whole, what we call the Holy Week. He would do teachings and stuff like that. And of course he would then be, he would be captured and tried and, and crucified for, the, for all of mankind. But Jesus was deliberately challenging the authority of Jerusalem and the spiritual realm and the government when he came in on the donkey and when he cleaned out the temple. And then he goes out. You got to read this with me, okay? Now I'm going to go back to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Verse 18, early in the morning. Now, he's, he's gone out of the temple and he's going to head back into Jerusalem here a little bit. Early in the morning, as he was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? They, they asked. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have the if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe. You will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. He was teaching them now about spiritual authority. He was shaking up them to say, this is not about you. This is not about the fig tree. This is about setting up the kingdom of God. So let her see, and I love this because after he cleaned out the temple, let her see, and I've said this, but I'm saying it again, the, li- the lame and the blind came to him and were healed. You see, we should pray for healing in our land. Amen. Come on, amen. We should pray for reconciliation. We should pray against violence all over the world. We should pray that the church is not divided. Come on, amen. If sometimes we would just get out of our, get out of the way of Jesus and allow him to work, we could see more works of God happen in the building and outside the building. It's true. If we believe this authority, you see, we're so busy with our church activities. Pastor Stan, you're not discipling. You're not being discipling. And I'm asking you, who are you discipling? Pastor Stan, I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. Then read the word of God. Pray at home. I'm not supposed to feed you every day. Hopefully on a Sunday, I encourage you or discourage you. Maybe I don't know. But it is your sole responsibility for your spiritual life, first and foremost. 
And I'm here to help and augment. I want to encourage you. And we want to have good children's ministries, youth ministries, young adults. But we want programs instead of Jesus. And so what's happening is that we've forgotten that there are people out there hurting and dying. And, and, and we're like, well, what about me? What about me? What about my needs? What about me? And, and God is saying, what about your needs? I've met your needs. I'm meeting your needs. What about the lame and the blind outside the church? Well, God, they voted differently than me. They're a different color. You know, they're just different than me. And he's like, but I, I want all to come to know me. Well, I'm busy at church. You know, we got we got this going on. We got that going on. And we have this. And, and he's like, but what about them? Remember, he had to clear out the temple. Maybe God needs to clear some stuff out of your life so that you'll spend time also praying for those outside who really need it. Yes, we need it. But there are those outside. Number five, number five is Jesus shows and gives us authority. I just read that about the, the palm tree that he, 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 the fig tree. And I want you to look these scriptures up later because I'm running out of time. Is he established that he was the king with his actions, not with his words. Not, he wasn't voted in. He was brought in by the power of God and by his actions. God gave authority then for us to act. Look at 1 Peter. I mean, write it down for later. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. He says, we are royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We've been called out of darkness to go and help others be called out of darkness. Then in 2 Corinthians 5, 20-21, we are now Christ ambassadors. We are ambassadors for Jesus first and foremost. Not a political system, not a sports team, not a, a racial movement, but the kingdom of God. Because God loves all races. He loves all people. Come on, amen? You should be shouting. You should say Hosanna online. Type in Hosanna or say amen. So we are Christ's ambassadors. We are royal priesthood. i got to move on. You can do that? I'm talking fast. I'm told that my sermons go too long, so I'm trying to shorten them. Can I get ten more minutes? Amen. I got ten here. How about over here? Ten here. How about more? Ten more minutes anywhere else? All right. So, so I've gotten now ten, twenty. I've gotten forty minutes now. Whew. I'm going to take a drink just because of that. Thank you. So let her be. He was greater than temple by clearing it. You see, they began to worship the temple and all the stuff in the temple, and they've forgotten who the temple was for. It was to remind them that God was their God. And you see, the question for you and I is this, because the New Testament says in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. You see, we get so caught up in a building. We get so caught up in and some churches are really gaudy, some are less less uncomely than our church. And, and so we get so caught up in the building, maintaining the building, which we want to take care of God's building. But really, we are God's temple. And when he cleared the temple out, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. He wasn't talking about just prayer meetings in the, in the building, which are great. But he's saying, you have authority. You are a household of prayer wherever you go. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have the power of God within you. And he's saying, go and do something. When you pray, things happen. So this is why when they, he cursed the fig tree, the palm tree, and it died and withered, they're like, wow, what's that power? He says, that power is in you because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Church, we got to wake up. We, we get so, everything has to happen to the church. No. I mean, they didn't even have church buildings for a hundred years till after Jesus. The, the believers were kicked out of the temple. 
The Romans persecuted and they just met wherever they could. And we become so enamored with the building and the things going on in the building, we forget that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We are God's people. Come on, amen? But as I'm reading this, my question for you and for I is this. Is Jesus in charge of you, the temple? God wants to control your life, not to oppress you, but to set you free. God longs to dwell in us. You know, I pray it often and I'm like praying, God, please move in our church service. And he's like, I'm moving all the time. When are you going to move with me? I'm there, but when are you going to wake up and move with me, Stan? I'm like, whoa, yeah, you're right, God. I keep saying, God, come to the church. He's like, you are the church. I'm living in you. My question then is this. What's in our hearts? You see, Jesus maybe needs to clear out your temple, your heart, your mind, your soul. What's in your heart? What's in my heart? Greed, sexual lust. Desire for worldly power? Is it a religious spirit? Are we obsessed with politics? What's in our minds? Fears, worries, doubts, which can crowd. And I'm not saying that those are not, you don't have troubles. Hate, indifference, anger. Is it so full of the world's knowledge that there's no room for God's presence or word in your life? Is it filled with the busyness of life that there's no room for fellowship with other believers or even fellowship with God? Are you willing to allow Jesus to turn some tables up in your room, in your mind? Are you willing to allow him to shake up some of those old traditions that you have that really aren't about faith? It's just a tradition of mankind. Are you really? Are you ready? I hope I'm ready. You see, the temple is not a building. It's the heart of the people who follow Jesus Christ. Amen. Let her see because I need to move on. He had authority over fruitless religion by cursing the fruitless fig tree. So the, the religious time of that, the religious of that time was, they was not bearing fruit. People were not coming to know God. They were just going through religious hoops and doing all the stuff. John 15, 1 and 2 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. John 15, 5 and 8 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man or a person remains in me, I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he will, he will be like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown to the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask, here it is, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God requires fruit from our Christianity. I'm going to say it again. God requires fruit from our Christianity. If you call yourself a Christian and you hate someone, that's not Christ-like. If you call yourself a Christian and you're judging them, that is not Christ-like. If you see someone hurting and you say, God bless you, and you walk away, that's not Christ-like. You see... Christian fruit is Christ coming out of your lives. That when you see someone hurting, you're like, what can I do, Lord Jesus? When you see someone lost or addicted or messed up, instead of judging them, saying, I told you, so I told you, saying, how can I help them get out of that, Lord Jesus? When you look at a person and they're, they need Jesus, instead of saying, well, they don't vote like me, I can't talk to them. Then you say, God, how can I speak Jesus Christ in their life? You see, God requires fruit, not activity. 
not just coming to church, not just sing songs. And please keep coming to church. Please keep singing songs. But when God fills you, you must go out because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He requires that we bring people out of darkness. Again, Second Peter, we are called to bring people out of darkness. You are called out of darkness. Therefore, you need to help others be called out of darkness. This should be a house of prayer for the nations. Not just you, not just me, but all people. Come on, amen. And listen, we can pray. You see, now, when they came into the temple, they were supposed to bring their sacrifice. They were not to come to the, this day, Passover, empty-handed. You see, a lot of times we come to a church empty-handed. We're not coming to worship God. We're coming to have our needs met. And I'm asking you, yes, God can meet your needs. Please come in. But when do you come to worship and say, God, I'm here for you today? Or God, when I'm reading my Bible on, on Tuesday morning at 4 a.m. or 6 a.m. or 9 a.m. or 9 p.m., it's like, God, what? help me. But Lord God, how, how can I, what can I do for you today, Lord? I'm here to worship you today. He then said to them, they're like, how, how did you do that, Jesus? How did you curse that fig tree? And he says, if you have faith, you can do the same thing. And he was basically saying, we can curse dead religion. We can call it out. We can breathe life into something. See, letter D, it says he had the authority through prayer and told the disciples to do the same. Letter D, and I'm, I'm ending. Would you stand with me this morning? Worship team, if you would come right now. He had the authority through prayer and he told his disciples to do the same thing. Matthew 21, 22, he says, again, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and do not doubt, you can do what I just did. And he says, if you believe, you will receive what have you asked in my name. And then John 15, 16 says the same thing. You will, if you ask in my name for my purpose, it will be given to you. I'm all about you expressing your, your rights. I'm all about you voting and praying. I'm all about you worshiping God. But how many more mass shootings do we have to see when we keep blaming the government instead of us praying against it? How many church bombings do we have to keep watching? How many bad governments who just go out and shoot machine gun down their citizens do we have to keep watching? When will we take our prayer life serious to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind this gun violence from our nation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind this weird terrorist violence against the church all over the world. Father, I bind this evil government work in Myanmar or Burma, what do you want to call it? Lord, I bind political division in the church. Father, I bind racism. I, I bind all that stuff. And Lord, I loosen salvation. We're more concerned about what a news thing says or conspiracy theory says. I think you, get, you need to get your temple cleared out. I'm just being honest with you. I have so many Christians send me stuff about conspiracies. Like, what about Jesus? What about Jesus? Hosanna, save us, Jesus. Save us, Jesus. It says in verse 10, I remembered it now because I wrote down here. The Bible says the whole city in Jerusalem was stirred in verse 10 in Matthew 21. And the word translated from the, from the Greek language into our language would mean it would be translated to rock, to tremble, to agitate, to throw into a tremor or, or quake. You see, when Jesus came and he shook things up. 
And you see, we can, and I, don't, I know it's an old statement, we can rock the world through our prayer lives because Jesus lives in us. Because we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Church, when are we going to say enough is enough with this wicked world and letting the wicked world destroy people's lives? When are we going to bind the work of the enemy and say, you know what, God lives in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It says here, whatever you ask in my name, Father, bind this racism, bind this violence against other people, whatever it is, I don't care it is. Lord, bind it and loose salvation to all world, all the world, all the nations, because God said my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. And then God gives us what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not just so we speak in tongues and have words and dreams, and that's awesome, but it's so we go out with the power of the Holy Spirit and we go out in a boldness. You see, when the church was filled with the Holy Spirit, they went out and they changed the world. The same thing, they were accused for changing the world, for turning the world upside down. When will the church be accused for that again? We're not. We're being turned into the world. We're being turned into a political system. We're, we're being turned into a philosophy instead of us going out in the power of God. Will you allow God to shake your temple today? Will you allow Him to throw up some tables? Will you allow Him to clear some things out so there's room for Him? Maybe this morning online, maybe you in this room this morning, you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I've heard about this, Jesus. I've watched you online. I've watched other churches. I've even heard you talk about Him, and He's the King, and I want Him to be the King of my life. I want to be set free from the work of the enemy or myself. Jesus came to set us free from religion, of ourself, from the world. Jesus came to set us free from this wicked world. That's what Hosanna means. Save us, Lord. And you're ready to do that in the room and online. If you're ready to do that, you don't need to have a procession. You don't need to say a special prayer. You need to just say, Jesus, save me. Set me free today. You can do it right now in this room. Just say, Jesus, save me. Set me free. Online, Jesus saved me, set me free. Come into my life, Jesus. I make you the king of my heart, my life, in Jesus' name. If you did that for the first time, or maybe you recommitted, would you let us know? In a moment, at the end of the service, there'll be a slide. Can you just let us know so we want to help you in your faith? But today I want us to, again, as Jesus came into Jerusalem, and they got excited about Jesus, that would you get excited about Jesus again? Would you get excited about worshiping or about coming together or praying individually or praying as a group or reading your Bible again? Would you allow God to clear out your temple this morning online and in the room? This morning, the worship team is going to sing. If you want to come and worship here, you want to do it, you need to go. You're welcome to do that. If you want to join us online, I'm just asking, Father, in Jesus' name, would you, Jesus, as you came to shake things up, you came to turn things upside down. You came to deliver us from uh, uh, oppressive leaders, bad leaders, bad religion, even ourselves, Lord God. And the worship of religion and traditions of man. Lord, would you come into our temples and clean us out, God? And help us to make room for you again. In worship, not just churchy church activities, but things that help us draw closer to you. And that we again would be a, a house of prayer for the nations. Not for one political party, not for one race, not for one group of people, but for all people who would call in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus, you're the King. You're the Lord. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Save us, God. Save the church in America. Save the church in the world. Save every nation. Save every person, God. And remind us that we have power through prayer, that we can change the world. In Jesus' name, as the worship team is going to 